are they campus cool? I guess it's slippery up here than it was in... Yeah, they, they could have done two hours late, like yeah. Belmont did. And When did you get your van back? I don't know. They they haven't started working on it yet. So, no, that'll be that'll be something to find out. Apparently, there's an issue with the distributor cap, and the guy said that it almost looks like it had been tampered with. And uh, but we we looked at a video of how to replace one, and it's like you really got to take some parts of the engine apart to get to it. So if somebody did tamper with it, they had to really know what they're doing and really have a reason. And put everything back together. And put everything back and together. And that's a lot of time. Yep. So I, I told Anya maybe she needs to lay off of some of the political posts. Oh, <laughs> on I was going to say one of the guys probably didn't I, like the salad you made him over at that, that could be too. <laughs> right? What was wrong with what happened to it? Some of it, it, it just stopped. just stopped going down the road. Just lost power eventually and coasted to a dead stop. Where did this happen? North of Story City on the interstate. Oh. Late at night, right? Late at night, I think on New Year's Eve. Then, uh, or maybe New Year's Day. Did a cop stop and investigate, or what happened then? No, she just she pulled over and called roadside assistance. Oh, okay. So, yeah, they, they had their first look at the van yesterday, and uh, looked at it a little bit more today, and... But then the, the main guy looking at it left a little earlier before I called to get an update. Um, Did Anya get back this afternoon? Uh, she's probably maybe finally getting back about now. Oh. Maybe. So, yeah, so we're, we're back down to just one car. And then, of course, my car, you know, I'm, I'm waiting for, I submitted pictures to the insurance company because I got hit by a deer. So um, my windshield is shattered on the driver's side and, and uh, the side mirror is, hang well, Anya finally cut it off today. It was just dangling there, scratching the side of the door even more. Um, and uh, so anyways, it's been, it's been interesting. We'll see what insurance wants to do with now, it. You're, you're talking your little, your, oh. <laughs> what kind of coverage did you have on that? Well, I have full coverage, but um, it's... And what year is it? It's a 2002. Yeah, they're going to laugh. Yeah. Yeah, they're going to laugh. Oh, uh, what, yeah. what, when, when did that happen? That happened... Uh, when your company was here. Last month, a week ago, no, two weeks ago, Monday night. Yeah, I had no knowledge. Yeah. Well, we were going down to Webster, and... Uh, uh, are with our company for dinner and uh, five miles north of Webster this big buck comes up out of the ditch and whammo so I mean the car is still drivable but just not real pretty right now God's, you would get pulled over God's feelings hurt yeah well so far nobody's pulled me over well actually no I take that back Anya did get pulled over after the accident but it was because of the continual uh when i turn the lights on at night i have to physically check the rear passenger yeah. tail light yeah if it's not on yeah i just have to jump out and go give it a smack and it turns back on i see so the the officer here in town the little gal uh yeah she she pulled anya over and and she just said 
looks like you're kind of having a rough time. <laughs> oh. She said, yeah, I just got to, you know, we, we just got hit by a deer the other night. And so, you know, we're waiting for insurance to get back with us. It's still drivable. And she said, okay, well, then I guess maybe it's not as big of a deal for me to have to take any more of your time. <laughs> now she pulled me over once. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, you right, saying right that. in front of the house. <laughs> what, did, what, what did you do? Well, it was the rear tail light. Oh, was that? I oh, said, yeah, oh, is yeah. it out? Okay, <laughs> if I can get out of the car, I'll show you how I fix it. If I smack it, it'll turn back on. I promise. And she said, okay. So I jumped out, did it, and she said, okay, you're free to go. I said, thanks, I live right here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for And that was sakes. just from me leaving the church and no, heading home. So one, two blocks. Two blocks. <laughs> <clears throat> so anyways, it could be worse. You'd think they'd recognize your car by now. Yep. Hmm. Yep. I know all the cops know my Buick. <laughs> they do. Why, because you're I'm, such they, a lawbreaker? Yeah, no, because <laughs> it's the only one. Oh, yeah. You're I unique. mean, there is no other car like that one. None. In this county, anyway. Well, that's like my van. No one. Yeah. I don't see any. Right. You've got the custom graphics. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He got the sport package. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, it sounds like if they if they have it apart and they haven't found anything extra, it should be just a quick put the new one in. I mean, like the on a van that old, it sounds like the actual repair work itself is not that bad. It's just a matter of putting the new part in and then putting everything back together. Mm -hmm. And for somebody that knows what they're doing, it should be like maybe an hour mm hour -hmm. job. Mm -hmm. So. Maybe they'll have it done tomorrow. I hope. It'd be nice. So now I just need to wait for the insurance company on my car. So. Sounds we'll like Jesus' story. You know, he went to visit the in laws or whatever family over in Nebraska. Then he had an emergency appendectomy. Then his wife lost their bank cards, and so they don't have any money, but they were able to transfer some to something. But it's hung up and it isn't in the other. So anyway, that was his whole excuse with the rent. But anyway, but it was a legitimate, you know. They were having a really bad year, and she had her appendix out earlier wow. this year. It's like every time they go see the folks in Nebraska, their appendix so, bursts. <laughs> what's going on? What's going on? Here? Yikes! <laughs> Wouldn't go see them anymore. Wow. I well, they don't have any appendix no, anymore, so. I don't have that anymore. At least that's. Crossed off the list. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe gallbladder next time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I, I still have my appendix. Maybe I shouldn't go visit them. Um, yes. Uh, sir, get going. Yes. Uh, oh. Andre, Andre. <laughs> Sorry. Cynthia. She's listening to all our trivia here. <laughs> Cynthia, what, what do you have to add? Like, as far as what, what anything weird in your week? <laughs> no, not really. Just babysitting. Okay. Well, good. I, we, we hope the weirdness stays away. Me too. <laughs> well, yesterday I told Chris, uh, Cynthia, that we should have you preach more often because your Sunday 
Brought it, uh, had a better offering than the Sunday he preached. <laughs> it was it was the first of the stinking month. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what it is. Well, I hey, I was willing to give you that credit. <laughs> it's the first of the month. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, we're still willing to give you credit where credit is due, <laughs> regardless of what Sunday it is. So. Who all was there okay. Sunday, Cynthia? Me, Sandy, Linda, Larry, Pat, John, and Bree. Okay. All right. Well, well, thanks. I, I plan on listening to the message tomorrow. So I I know I I trust it was good, um, but I'll just I'll hear it for myself tomorrow. So thanks for being willing to do that. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So. A well, potluck Sunday. Pardon? <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> But you watch that bike right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Well, Father, thank you for tonight. Thank you for uh, our first Wednesday night gathering of the new year, uh, which really, I guess, apart from the flipping of the calendar, um, you know, we we thank you that uh, we thank you that life with you just continues, and that uh, every day we pick up like it's a new day and. We thank you that your mercies are new every day. And Father, just right now, um, we, we lift up what is going on in our nation. We, we know that uh, you are well aware. Father, we know that there are, regardless of what side of the political aisle, that there are spiritual forces at play and that you are well aware of every one of them. And we thank you that... Uh, that the, the, the angels of light and the power of light is so much greater than any power of darkness. We thank you that your justice and your truth will prevail. Uh, Father, even in these times that are unstable and, and as we are trying to move forward as a nation but yet also recover, just what definitely seems like uh, just the, the pit of deception and trickery. Um, you know, Father, just that, that we would continue to seek your face, that we would continue to find you. Um, Father, I know that in, in many ways uh, we, are, we are not necessarily a, a Christian nation in that everyone is Christians, but but we are a nation full of believers and and we would we would want our aim to be that when when a nation fears you that there is peace that that when a nation honors you that the majority uh, that if 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 those of us in the majority who who love you and fear you and believe you could turn the tide um, in, in place of those that don't, that that we would we would get your ear, 
and your attention by our majority. And so we just continue to humble ourselves and to turn from our wicked ways, to repent and to seek your justice and your mercy and your favor upon this nation, uh, not because... Mm -hmm. Not because America is intrinsically different, but because your people that are in America that seek to make this nation great, to be a blessing for the world and to be a blessing for our own people. But Father, just tonight, we pray for protection over our president and our vice president and their cabinet. We pray for, uh, again, just your truth to continue to prevail as all of these proceedings move forward. That, uh, that, that everything that is hidden will come to light and that, that your truth will come marching in. And so bless our time now tonight as we just consider uh, what this means and, and what our own local purposes are and, and um, just everything that you have for us tonight. Holy Spirit, we just invite you into our conversation. We invite your presence here. We thank you for just being able to enjoy one another so far. Um, but now just lead, lead us through the rest of this evening, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So um, I hadn't planned this, but it's just, it's interesting that everything that's happening in Washington right now is also happening on a day on the calendar that happens to be called Epiphany, where like it's, it's a revelation. I, I hope that the things that are going on is a revelation of, of where hearts really are across the nation. And, um, and also just going into the new year for a lot of churches. Um, so I wanted to just kind of take some time tonight to, to talk about what the new year, I guess kind of vision casting, if, uh, you know, for lack of better terms, vision casting, to just kind of, I don't think that we have to finish the conversation tonight, but what I, what I would like to see happen is at least to just get some, some conversation started that will lead to some strategy. And, um, you know, to just, to find out uh, to, to revisit what we understand our mission to be, um, whether, whether we feel like we're still in line with that, um, or, or whether we maybe feel like uh, some direction could change, which is okay. Uh, I just want it to be a conversation. And... Uh, and just let let people talk and and just kind of get some get some ideas from there. Um, and just as I've as I thought about this yesterday and today primarily, I just I keep going back to the uh, the proverb that says that where there is no vision, the people perish. And um, so with that, I, I just want to. I want to open it up and find out what what you guys think. Where where do you think we're doing well? Where do you think um, we could improve? Uh, 
what can we add? And with that, if, if there's any, um, at the end of the day for any of these, uh, if there are any tangible ways to measure any of that. Does that make sense? And I encourage you to not all speak at the same time because that will be tricky. <laughs> well, you know, the first thing we think of is is getting people in here. Right. And then, you know, but we also got to remember what the Bible says about counting. Right. Mm -hmm. So it isn't always the numbers. Right. So I feel like the message that we are preaching is the correct message. And it's not a message that tickles people's ears, which is why we don't have our doors breaking down. Sure. Part of the reason why. The other part of the reason is, is they still think we're a cult. But they're wrong. I'm just going to take some notes here. I don't know all these, these things will not necessarily be used against you in the court of law. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. All the stuff you seem to read in Christian magazines about the new year and so forth, you know, besides talking about, you know, more personal holiness and righteousness and just your personal devotion to the Lord, they talk about the church is changing, you know, the church, of course, we all know the church isn't the building, but they're talking about more the church getting out into the world rather than getting the world to come into the church. Um, but we need to have influence in our, you know, in the marketplace, in our daily lives. Um, get out there and, and be the church instead of um, trying to get people to come in our building, I guess, too. Of course, I think you need both. I think there's a corporate anointing when people do gather together. Sure. Um, you know, we all want God for ourselves personally. You know, <laughs> the Holy Spirit in us, you know, gives us our, our new life. And then we all, we want God's power on us to get out there and, and be able to do things. And of course, we all long to be able to, to do that more for the Lord, to really see God do exploits through, you know, different ones in the body. But also, I think God wants to be more in our presence as we gather together in worship too. Sure. So I think we want all all of those. We want, you know, our inner life and we want we want to be anointed to be able to be of service and but we want that corporate anointing too when we gather together. Mm -hmm. I don't know. And we want we want revival. I mean we're we're crying out, you know, there's only so much we can do. We're not a corporation. We can't just say, right. let's do point A, B, C, D and yeah. and therefore we will grow and therefore, you know, it's not like a a, you know, a brainstorming session at some company on how to grow or how to succeed. It's yeah. you know we have a secret weapon. We've got God on our. I, I can only God watch on so many Tom Rainey videos <clears throat> on how to grow yeah. your church. <laughs> no, I mean we have God on our side, and and like you were saying though, it doesn't even take a majority. I mean God would save a city for a remnant for ten right. righteous. You know you don't even have to be in the majority. If you've got God with you, you are the majority, you know. So, mm -hmm. yeah, so I'm I'm thinking that it doesn't it doesn't have to be a majority even to save this nation, or to just turn turn the climate the spiritual climate around in this country. So anyway, I don't know. That's my, that's all my thoughts. Yeah, my brain is empty. Okay. <laughs> it must feel nice. <laughs> <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.
Anybody else? Cynthia, what are your thoughts from Webster City? <laughs> well, if you listen to my sermon Sunday, you'll know where I stand. Okay. Yeah. I preach about um, we all have gifts, and each one of us is anointed by the Holy Spirit with all the gifts of the Holy Spirit, no matter who you are. Everybody is anointed with the gifts, all the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And, and I talked about how we need to, each one of us, be using those gifts to reach who we can. Yeah. So our church can grow. Um, you know, each one win one is what, you know, the way I feel. And, and the Bible says, he who wins souls is wise. Right. You know? And if we're not winning souls, it kind of makes me think, well, why are we a church? Because if we're not reaching God's family, then what are we doing? It kind of makes me feel like we're spinning our wheels a little bit. And so I kind of took it upon myself maybe to be, you know, more open to people around me, maybe try to win a soul or two, you know, I guess that's, that's, that's what I'm thinking. That's what we talked about. Sure. Okay. You asked, so I gave it to you. Well, that's right. <laughs> Amen. That's right. If we're not winning souls, then we're just a country club. That's my opinion. If we're not doing ministry to win people to Christ, <clears throat> What are we supposed to be doing? Now I've got everybody mad at me because you asked. No, oh, nobody's right mad on. at you. <clears throat> nobody's mad. Okay. I know for me personally, I, you know, all of us that are, are core members of this church are older. You know, we can't get out and reach teenagers because we're, we're not teenagers anymore. We can't get out and reach people in the workforce, except for Donna and, and Pastor Chris, because we're not in the workforce anymore. But who can we reach, you know? Yeah. That's frustrating sometimes because... I feel like I don't have anybody in my, my circle, except for my neighbors, you know, and my grandkids. That's about all who I see. Yeah. So that's frustrating. Yeah, I, I understand that. I, I remember in my, you know, several years ago when I was learning more about just kind of everyday supernatural ministry it would I'd have this tension of seeing these people around me that I just wanted to jump out of my skin and just like go minister to and and yet it was really hard because I I had three or four little kids with me and I, I couldn't just you know hey you guys stay here for a minute while I go over here like they they really needed my attention and it was hard to to break away from that. 
And there's, there's no right or wrong answers to these questions. <laughs> I, I want to make that clear. Like, I'm not, I'm not fishing for anything in particular. Like, I just, you know, this is something that is, is on my heart for my own family, too. Just like even as a family, you know, how, how are we doing? What are, what, are we, what are we working towards as a family? And how do we get there? Because um, I think there's, my, my family is right in some of their criticism of, of me sometimes, of like, you know, Dad, I know a lot of times you, you say what you'd like to see, but like, how do we, how do, we do that? How do we practically do that? Or, um, or like, how, did, how, did, how do we know what that looks like? And they have a pretty good point. So, at least with them, I have to be a little bit more forthright in, in being clear on what it looks like and giving opportunity for, for leading and changing and, you know, whatever goes into making that happen. Um... Larry, you're usually the quiet one, <laughs> uh, which isn't bad. <laughs> well, <clears throat> I don't know. I've lost a lot of my hope and idealism that I had for church, this church and every church, I guess. But so I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, what do you think we're doing well? Well, I like I get a lot out of the sermons, and I get a lot out of um, um, well, I used to get a little more out of the worship, but but that's because <laughs> I've gotten uh, maybe like I said, I lost some of my hope that uh, we do more, be able to do things. Um, yeah, you know, it's just, I don't know, um, every church seems to be declining, you know, every church I hear about, um, and then a lot of the Young people are not so keen on going to church, and they aren't so uh, wanting to believe in a certain set of uh, denominational beliefs. And, uh, and I mean, it's the age we live in. Sure. Um, so if, if I could ask, just, just so that I can understand where you're coming from a little better, like when you mentioned, um, like even just as, as far as um, worship or, or feeling like we could do more, what, what is that more to you? I don't know. How long is this, I forget how long we, this church has been going, how long is it? Started in 2010. 2010. 
but we got a building actually in like 2011, 12. Yeah. So eight years. Unofficially 10 years, more officially eight years. Yeah. And then the new building, of course, for how many years have we been? It's been five or six now? Five. You know, I can identify with some of the things Larry's saying. It's it's like the whole church, Christians are just kind of getting weary and well-doing. It's like we need a fresh burst of joy or something. I don't know if it's this whole COVID thing or what it is. I think it's... <clears throat> some, you know, just a lot of... That's part of it. And just the whole t cultural turmoil that's been going on in our country, the battles with the election, all this stuff. You know, this year has just been a whole different year. And maybe God is using it to sift some things and refine some things. I don't know. Um, you know, I'm sure God knows everything that's going on. He's aware, you know, nothing's a big surprise to God. He knows everything that's going on. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, yeah, <clears throat> I think a lot of it's the times we live in. And, and um, you know, I used to, I, I had some hope that we'd have some kind of an awakening or revival. <clears throat> People have asked me, you know, well, you know, why did you quit going to the Church of Christ? Were you mad at whatever his name? I can't remember his name. No, mainly the reason I started because I was falling asleep in church because I was working at nights, you know. So I started we're here because we were meeting on Saturday nights, you know. I was getting a lot out of that, and then I just decided to stay with it. Linda was getting a lot out of it. We're getting a tremendous amount out of out of the worship and our, our idealism or our hope for the, um, an awakening or a revival. You know, it's kind of even hard to explain that to people because they don't seem to understand what revival means, you know. Sure. <clears throat> and then one person said, well, you know, Kim used to go to the Church of Christ and he, the guy on the board of directors said, well, I had to told Kim, you know, you need to go to another church that's more of uh, I don't know what, I don't think he even used the words, it's more to your liking. He meant, <clears throat> I think he meant emotional in his way of thinking. And then he said, you know, she was even going to a healing, a, a, a seminar about healing. Felt like saying, well, I'm not really, I know there's a lot of people who believe God, God doesn't heal anymore, but I really don't see any danger in believing in healing, you know. I mean, you can go to doctors and stuff, but is it some kind of forbidden sin to believe that God heals? You know, no, it's not. I mean, you don't need to criticize somebody because they believe in healing. Right. Right. You know, people just don't. They put limits on God too much, you know. And they, what? What, they put limits on God, and I think yeah. people's traditions limit what church can be. I've had little healings, <clears throat> you know, or my. My chest, for instance, and I mean, it's not dramatic and stuff, but I feel like God does things or teaches me how to do things to take better care of myself or things, you know, and, and uh, mm -hmm. you know, and then we got, but yet I'm, I've turned, I'm being too honest maybe here, but I've turned to um, where I'm a little more cautious about um, 
charismatic, how do you pronounce it? Charismatic? Charismatic things, some things. But that doesn't mean I've turned against it. You know, I'm just, you know, and, uh, Well, I think this church was really born to be a revival church. I mean, we were supposed to be kind of different from your average denomination yeah. church in town. That was the whole idea. Um, you know, back when it was called an outreach ministry instead of a, a church per se, it was for, for people who were seeking something more than they could just find in their traditional religious church service. Think, they really wanted to experience God not just sit through a, a I, service. Yeah, I think if I went to some churches here in town, I'd probably walk right out again, you know. I mean, we're not saying we're better, but it's just for people who have more of a spiritual hunger yeah. to know and experience God and be touched with the fires of what we want to call it revival, awakening, renewal. So we'd be, you know, the early church, to me, that's the model, the early church. You know, they weren't perfect either. I mean, they had people from all these pagan religions and coming in, you know, the Jews and the Gentiles, and they had their disagreements, but but yet they were on fire for God, and that power of God was active among them. Mm. I mean, more so then than, you know, what we are experiencing today. But I think, you know, like like Jesus saved Probably the Probably should qualify the, that as here in America. In America, right. right. Yeah. In some places, third world mm -hmm. countries, they experience miracles more regularly. I don't know what's wrong with us here. But anyway, yeah. you know, the early church, the Holy Spirit was so strong, you know, directing them what to do. Direct, you know, they, they gathered with joy in the homes, listening to the apostles' teaching. You know, great miracles were done, you know, not only by the apostles, but by the everyday people. And, and I think, you know, they talk about new wine, how Jesus saved the best wine for last, like at that wedding. I think, you know, maybe... The last day's church, you know, will have a greater outpouring of God's Spirit, maybe than through these centuries when the church is kind of stagnated. I mean, there's always been a remnant that's alive to the Lord, you know, at any time in history. But I'm just thinking now at this time, maybe this will be an exciting time to be alive. And, you know, we're always, I, I hang on to that hope that, the, you know, there's a great awakening coming yet. There's a great revival coming Towards the end times, it's more than even what the early church was experiencing. And we've just kind of lost some of that excitement. I think we're just weary and well-doing. You know, we're just kind of run down by being cooped up with COVID and and just experiencing life. You know, the the drudgery of everyday life. We just need that excitement again, like the early church had. So mm -hmm. here's here's a question that's on my mind. Um, you you can. <clears throat> You can answer if if you want to now, or it's something you can think about. Uh, I know often we we have talked, and you know, there's nothing. I mean, I'm all for it. We've we've talked and we've prayed about revival. When when we talk and think and pray about revival, um, are are we? Do we feel like like where? What what does that look like? Um, I'm gonna throw my opinion out here, um, and I don't even know if it's my opinion, my thoughts. I'm not exactly sure what to call it. Um, I, I'm all for praying for revival, and I do pray for revival continually. 
Um, I feel personally like when I pray for revival, it's more of a a regional area type thing because um, I feel like personally I feel pretty good about uh, not not from a not from an arrogant um, we don't need it standpoint, but from a more confident of like. Father, I thank you that, 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 that I feel that those that are a part of our fellowship are on fire for you. Like, I'm thankful that people come hungry each week. We may not all be at the same level, but I feel like the revival that I'm praying for is not that God would revive us as a church as much as it's just, just continue to fuel yeah. the fire that we have and and let the fire that we have spread. jump and spread to others. That's my opinion, but I welcome your perspectives on that too, whether, whether you feel like that's accurate or whether you have a different feeling. Uh, and again, like there's no, there's no right or wrong in the answers. Um, I'm just wanting to get a feel for for what everybody else is thinking. I guess in my own life, I think I've lost, you know, maybe some fervency or something. You know, we need to just shake ourselves or something. You know, it's it's like the church is halfway asleep sometimes when, um, I don't know, one thing about World Revival Church, you know, some people say maybe they're a little too militant and too, but they press in. I mean, they really, uh, maybe if you're, you're starting off, you know, just trying to see how long you can pray or how long you can uh, maintain a praise to the Lord or something, um, God, God does honor that. I mean, it's, even if you're starting, you know, just trying to, to do it in your own strength, maybe, but, mm -hmm. but still, you know, by by just doing those godly things that God says in the Bible, you know, whether it's, you know, um, we don't want to just to, to think of church as a country club where we just come and fellowship and have our potlucks and enjoy our little time. To, you know, we're coming to please that audience of one more right. than we're coming just to, for fellowship with each other, too. I mean, that's part of it, sure, but, but uh, I just don't want to lose our fervency. We don't want to you know, we need the Holy Spirit, like, to come. It's not a one-time thing when he, the Holy Spirit right. needs to come and stir us and awaken us to what we should be doing, what's, you know, what God's already done for us. Sometimes it's just to know who we are in Christ, you know. Just, we need we need that stirring. We, we can't let um, this heavy spirit from all this, stuff going on in the world, it just seems like almost disappointment with sometimes the way things go, and just you, you take on all these burdens, we need, we need something just to refresh us. We need times of refreshing in the presence of the Lord, is kind of what I think I need, I don't know. That's, and I, I appreciate our Sundays, I, I really, I love the way Pastor Chris preaches and, and brings the word out, I mean, he's got such a a good knowledge of the scriptures and a way of bringing it to people. I, yeah. I really like that mm -hmm. part. I, I really take a lot away from, you know, listening to Pastor Chris. And I, maybe maybe the thing I think would be more, more of a challenge to actually 
put feet to it to do something, you know, to, um, you know, we're not here just to get knowledge. We're here to right. put that knowledge into to action and see how the word worked for them back then to the generation it was written for. But it's also written for us and how we can put that into action in our our life, I guess. Need to be more challenged, maybe, so I, I don't know. Well, I, I admit, sometimes I, I struggle with that. I, I read an article recently that was a, it was a difficult challenge to, in, in the modern world, church is often um, sermon-centered. And, and one of the things that the pastor was, was being challenged by is that he says, you know, what, what do we do with that, given the fact that you know, when, when you go back before pre-Reformation, the, the sermon wasn't the center. Communion and the Eucharist was the center. And then as the Reformation came and getting the scriptures into people's own hands and everything, that it, it became more sermon-centered. And then, um, and then he got to talking about how, like, um, he says, I, 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 I'll spend the time preparing a message that I do each week, knowing that people at home now have access to listen to 20 different mm -hmm. messages during the week. And it's not a competition thing, but it's just like a, we have so much access to everything now that, um, you know, for, for church to be sermon-centric, when, ser like, you know, anymore, that's, that's how people find their church. They, they, I'm looking for a new church, so I'm going to go find their website and I'm going to listen to the sermons, and I'm going to like I'm going to pick it based on that mm -hmm. rather than from the overall package, and um, you know, and so I, I admit that's that's a bit of a challenge that I am wrestling with as far as how how do I how do I keep a teaching from a way that's informational, challenging. Um, how do I do that and, like, maybe not spend so much time on a message and, and have that not be as much of a focus, uh, especially when I just have the natural gift of gab. <laughs> you know, that's... It helps, though. Well, it, it, it helps, but... Okay, so you guys were gone um, two weeks ago. I promised five minutes... Because, I mean, like, just everything else in the service just lent itself to, like, hey, I think the Holy Spirit's been doing enough here. You right. Know, I, I, I was just going to say that that Sunday was about what we were just talking about, yeah. where the sermon was not even anywhere near the focus is what was right. happening all before it. But I, I promised five minutes. I only went 20. But I, I promised five. Preaching, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that's an excuse. People say, well, I don't want to be in church for two hours, you know. Right. I haven't really heard, well, except for my son said something, but I really haven't heard anybody. Which one? Ryan. You know, um, but um, 
I think that's an excuse. I don't. I don't know. I agree. Well, maybe this isn't the kind of a church for somebody who wants a twenty-minute service, or you know, right? <laughs> you know. I don't think people are. I'll jump in here. <laughs> I don't I think wondering. people are uh, challenged by teaching, but they are challenged by preaching. Yes. And because uh, there's, there's a little bit more conviction in preaching than there is in teaching. In teaching, it's just giving out more information, more information, more information, you know, but, but preaching does more uh, convicting, you know. And, uh, but I've always thought that, I've always thought, ever since I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, that where, where, the, where the Spirit is moving, where things are happening in the spirit, you know, the spiritual realm. Uh, back back then, it was the big excitement was uh, speaking in tongues and interpretation and uh, prophecies and all that kind of stuff, you know. And uh, but now that I'm older, I I look to more uh, uh, physical manifestations of, that God can do. I know that God has is not limited in any, any power. There's no power. He's got more power than we can imagine he has. And so if a church would, could harness that power, you know, harness, you don't want to harness God, but, <laughs> but, but if we could just get to the... Tap into it somehow. If we revived, you know, and, and uh, excited again about God. And, and, uh, and I, you know... I've always thought about uh, uh, what's the disciple that, that betrayed Jesus? Judas. 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 <laughs> I I, uh, I kind of sympathize a little bit with Judas because he was uh, a zealot. Zealous. Zealot. No. Yeah. And I I believe that he was trying to force. You know, they thought that Jesus was going to come, the uh, Messiah was going to come, and get rid of the Romans, and get them out of our hair, and. And that's what so they thought kingdom. was going to happen. And I think Judas was trying to force the hand of Jesus to do that. Mm -hmm. And he just didn't understand what Jesus was really here for. Sure. But because what he thought was going to, the Messiah was coming for, and what it really was, were two different things. And so he was trying to force Jesus' hand, you know. And so I don't think it's terrible to be uh, zealous and. Uh, to try to try to draw the Holy Spirit in to our worship, our congregation, you know, and and like Cynthia said the other day, I on Facebook she said it's a hard time to get out of the get up from the piano because she felt so weighted down with uh, with with the Holy Spirit, and uh, so you know that and and. Uh, the physical manifestations, you know, the the healing, the transformed lives, you know, and things like that. That's something that I don't know how to do that. If we do, we pray about it, you know, or do we pray more, or you know, what exactly we have to do? I'm not sure, but because <laughs> I've tried different things and I haven't figured out the combination <laughs> yet. So I don't know. That's my blurb. <laughs> well, it's good. I think. I think each Amen. of these, each of these, just as we, as we pray into them, 
to just to ask the Lord. For, I mean, like, I, yeah, I'm, I'm always asking the Lord those questions. What do we do? And, and like, you know, like the week that we're talking about, that was, uh, that was a week that I, I struggled through trying to make sure that, that I was responsibly handling everything that, you know, was, was my part for Sunday. And it ended up not really mattering <laughs> because something else happened. And that's, that's great. I, I prefer it when that happens. Because I miss, then yeah, it, I missed that Sunday. And it just goes to show that it, it wasn't by, Why is it you know, we're, some... We're gone and everything <laughs> happened. <laughs> One of my problems been lately, you know, is my spirituality has kind of hit the bottom, you know, because this treasury thing just kind of got to me. You know, I hate to, uh, I hate to be able to, I want to pay everything I was supposed to pay, but I can't. And I'm in a hard spot, you know, trying to figure out where do I, where do I change? What do I have to do to try to make me ends meet? What's important? What's not important? I don't know. But uh, it's always been kind of hard on me, weighting me down, trying to figure out. Well, you can be more I'd spiritual. I give up. Yeah, I give up the treasury job in a heartbeat. There's no easy way out, though. We can't. We have. We still have the building. We can't get rid of it. Well, you know, we couldn't even close our doors if we wanted to, could we? Well, you know, the, the short places are we're not paying missionaries. We're not paying Chris the whole uh, contract that we had set up with him at the, from the beginning, you know, and and it's just... Uh, if we closed the doors, then we would have even less money coming in, and we would still have the mortgage. We'd still have the electricity yeah. and the heat, so... I mean, there's no way out. We're kind of trapped. Well, that's why that's why I think that if we could if we could humble ourselves enough, you know, to become more Jesus centered than self centered, and bring Jesus into our our services and things starting to happen, I've always thought that if Jesus showed up in a church, that people would be drawn to him. You lift Jesus up, you know, the, yeah. you draw them into Himself, you know. So I just think where there's act. That's what brought me to Christianity was the activity of Christianity, not just a belief in Christ, you know. And, you know, the baptism of the Holy Spirit was one that attracted me to the to Christianity before. In fact, I think I was, I don't know, I won't go there. But uh, if it wasn't for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I don't know if I'd have became a Christian. Sure. People are hungry to really experience God, not just go through religious exercises or duties. Well, it's just like Cynthia said, if, if you want to belong to a country club, belong to a country club, right, Cynthia? I don't know. I just, I just, I'm the new person here, you know. You guys are the oldies. I'm the new person. <laughs> I'm, I don't know a lot about what's going on or a lot of the history. I knew Kim a long time ago, you know. I know what she stood for. That's why I started coming to this church. I knew, you know, kind of knew her and how she did things. But, you know, like, I don't know what's going on with the building. I don't know what's going on with the bills. Neither do I want to know. <laughs> you don't um, want to know. <laughs> but one thing Roger said, it made a lot of sense, you know. When you lift Jesus up, you know, that's what draws all men. So are we missing that somewhere? Or are, are we on the right track, you know? 
And Chris was talking about time. I want everybody to know that every time I get behind that keyboard, I'm thinking about time. But I've also got the Holy Spirit saying, do this, do this, do this. Yeah. Yep. But the Bible also says that the spirit of the prophet, the, the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. So I can shut down anytime. Yep. Do I want to? No. Do I want the Holy Spirit to move and have his way? Yes. Do I want him to take all the service? No. So, so everybody knows I'm trying to find that balance. You know, how much of the Holy Spirit should we allow in the service? You know, there's, there's, it's just like Larry was talking about charismatics. There's been, I've been in churches where there was no preaching. It was all worship in the Holy Spirit. And I thought that was out of balance. Yeah. You know, so I, just so everybody knows, I'm totally aware of trying to find time balance. I don't want the whole service, but yet I want to be obedient. So I don't know. God said that he'd rather have obedience than sacrifice. Yeah, well, do I take the whole service sometime then? <laughs> I don't know where that would hurt sometime. Yeah. Because that almost happened, as I said, that those two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. I mean, when I did the, the last three Sundays that I've been up there, the Holy Spirit has spoke to me and said, let my people worship. Oh, now, it's oh. my function as worship leader to take people into the courts of heaven. Mm -hmm. And when I do that, and the Holy Spirit is sitting there saying, let my people worship, mm -hmm. I don't have any other choice but to just play and be quiet and play and let his people worship. That's what he's called me to do. But that's when the other guy sits on my other shoulder and says, oh, you're taking too much time. So therein lies my struggle. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Lord. <laughs> and, and I'll say, this is, not, this is not to defend us in any way because, okay, so the, the family that visited with us, we, um, we, we sometimes have very spirited discussions around what we disagree with. And that family has been doing home church for the last 20 years and to some extent is kind of anti-organized church. But uh, they had nothing but good things to say about just what they saw with the, the openness and flexibility with which we did things. I mean, I'm sure it wasn't perfect in their eyes, but then again, they have, you know, their list of gripes about home church, too. <laughs> I liked having all those young people. Oh, absolutely. It would be nice if we had that many, and that yeah. they could do, you know, a couple of musical specials or something once in a while. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. You almost but, do it with just your kids, but... <laughs> yeah. But they, they definitely didn't feel like they were in a typical church. Mm -hmm. So that's at least an outside perspective. Well, we should be different. Yeah. Well, and you know, then at the same time, I, I remember, so a friend of mine from 
high school and college who he went to school down at Rama, the Kenneth Hagin's Bible College. Kenneth Hagin even, he, he wrote a book called Plans, Purposes, and Pursuits. And it was interesting that uh, in one of his visions, um, he had a conversation with Jesus that at least as far as, as Kenneth's ministry went, he wasn't saying that it had to be a, a mandate for the church, but at least in his ministry, he, he said, um, I think you're trying to do too many things. So he said, well, what do you mean? He said, well, you come into a church service and you have like a buffet. And I think it would simplify things that if you're going to get together for a prayer meeting, then just pray. Mm-hmm. If you're going to get together for a healing service, then just pray and lay hands and heal. If you're going to have a worship service, then have a worship service. If you're going to get together for preaching and teaching, then just do that. Like, don't uh, don't try to to do all of these things at the same time and, and start bleeding over and confusing what exactly you're doing. And so they, they started to have these different separate types of, of meetings. And then I, I don't remember if it was once a month or, or whatever, but they would have what, what he would call believers meetings where uh, Saturday nights were more evangelical. The whole purpose was not to have a, a big praise and worship celebration. It wasn't to have specific teaching or healing or things like that, but it was simply just to preach an evangelical message and give people the opportunity to come to know the Lord. And then Sunday mornings they'd have believers meetings where there was really no agenda. They would just simply get together and just begin to wait on the Lord. He wouldn't even go up to the stage or the pulpit or anything, he would just sit down with everybody else and they would wait on the Lord. Sometimes it was a short time, sometimes it was a long time, and they they would see, 1 Corinthians 12, when, when you come together, one of you has a psalm, and one of you has a tongue, and one of you has a word of prophecy, and one of you has a word of knowledge and encouragement, and they would just kind of, in an orderly fashion, as the Lord prompted them, they would just kind of minister to each other. It might go on for two hours, and, and somebody other than him might have a, a word of exhortation from Scripture that would lead, and then they would somebody else might lead in prayer about that, or they would, you know, just whatever. But um, in his experience, at least for a season, that's kind of what they ended up doing. Just we're going to have these different kinds of services that are going to accomplish different things. And they all were successful in their own right because of that. People got healed at the healing service. People uh, people really got ministered to uh, through the, the believers meetings and, and they all got built up and edified. People got saved at the evangelistic <laughs> crusades. Um, so um, so yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, that, that book was challenging but, um, you know, but it was also written from a time period in probably the 1950s or 1960s in Texas where people went to church five, six nights a week. Yeah. Oh, Bible. Man. <laughs> well, that, that's a 
major problem. We've lost that. Uh, and then even before that, or even that time, the way I look at it, maybe I don't understand, but there are more people, farmers and isolated, so they, well, they felt isolated, so they found an excuse to meet together. Right. Even the big revival of Methodist, uh, Methodist mm -hmm. revival in the 1890s or whatever, what I don't know. But they, a lot of people said, well, we get a chance to get away from the farm. <laughs> Mm -hmm. You know, they used to go bowling more and just everything. Just more social stuff. Socialize off. Now we just get on our cell phones and Yeah, now everybody's. Right. <clears throat> yeah, we're isolated. If we think we're connected, we're isolated. Right. I think Google's looking for things for us and they're really watching us, which is a whole other story. <laughs> I think TV was okay until we got more than three channels. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, maybe with this with this virus, people are going to finally get desperate to meet again. Yeah, when it's gone. Maybe, uh, maybe <coughs> that the Lord's allowing it to maybe kickstart a revival. I hope. You know. Maybe the people are going to say, "Well, hey, we maybe we don't have all the answers. Maybe we need to turn to God instead of just writing hmm. angry letter or angry emails." So. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. I mean, we serve the God of the armies of heaven. You know, the Israelites talk. You know, they always talked about their history, the great things God did for them, parting the Red Sea, and all those miracles that that God did, and you know, remember that. I want to see, you know, a God being that active in our lives now. I think of us a revival as kind of an open heaven time when it's easier for us to reach God and, and it seems like um, he's doing more more among his people. Um, that That's kind of what, you know, we all want the kingdom to come, you know, and things to be on earth as it is in heaven. Um, we want to see that to be increasing instead of going backwards from, you know, glory days. We don't want to go backwards, for goodness sakes. That's what... <clears throat> yeah, we're just living, like, pocket to pocket of, okay, we, we see God do this for a season, and then we kind of go into something else, and then and we, this revival only lasts this long, right, and then right. people kind of dwindle, you know. I, I don't know, it's, it's like we're supposed to be hosting God's presence, not just a just for him to stay for a little bit, but we want him to dwell. That's like the dwelling place. He's supposed to come and stay here, not just visit. Once, you know, you know what I'm saying. It's like we really want to be the people of the presence of God. It seemed like there were, when there were more people here, that were more enthusiastic. You got caught up in it more. <clears throat> obviously. Yeah. <clears throat> then people just kind of visit, you know, drizzle away. But, you know, find other things to do and. Unless there's some other exciting thing, I don't know. But we don't want to just drum up excitement. That's not what we're doing. No, we're not here to entertain people. We, we want real, you know, God's real presence here, and He's supposed to be the the main thing, not. You know. Yeah. Well, here's here's a question that I I may have asked in the past, and. 
I'm not saying I have the answer. It's just it's a question that has come back to me from time to time. And, and some of this stems from not being here in the beginning <clears throat> versus just kind of where we are now, the, the vision, the purpose. I was, I was talking to myself one day. You may or may not want to be around for those conversations. <laughs> but I was talking to myself and, and just thinking through things and, and then also just talking with my own pastor who obviously isn't here. Uh, he, uh, nor if he was, does he feel it appropriate to tell people what to do. Um, but I, I just, this is something that I encourage all of us to pray about. In fact, I just commit to pray about this this week and maybe be ready to share your thoughts next week, regardless of what they are. One of the things that I brought up to him is I said, you know, we, we have done what we can often to, uh, to, to let people know who we are. People still have a certain idea of, of who we are, regardless of what we've made public. Um, and, um, and it just feels like we're we're struggling, and I'm not sure why we're struggling. And and it came to me. I said, you know, I I realized one day that that our name is the Dwelling Place Ministry of Clarion, and not the Dwelling Place Church. And those could be two very different things. You know, we we could be a ministry first and foremost, that happens to have a church expression tied with that. <clears throat> and when I said that, he kind of perked up and said, maybe you're on to something. Maybe, maybe that's true. Maybe that is kind of um, what you need to consider. So my only thought, I'm not saying that I believe that. It's just a question that comes back from time to time. But the deeper question in that is if we are, if our calling and purpose is to be more of a ministry, whether that's to the unchurched or a ministry to the greater body of Christ, maybe in other ways that, that the current churches are not filling in certain areas, then the question would be, what, what would those specific things be? Or what would that look like? In the beginning, you know, it sounds like it was more, it was, it was an outreach. It was, uh, meetings were on Saturday nights, which maybe made accessibility for other people different than Sunday mornings. Um, well, it was kind of safer for people to come then too because they still had one foot in their own church that they belonged to, and yet, you know, so they had their home church, and yet they could come on a Saturday night sure. for some more excitement or some more uh, spiritual activity that they, you know, didn't get in their home church. But you can attract people to those, but you can't really get them to commit to be Correct. a member, to commit their whole self. They like to come just for the, when it, when it doesn't demand a lot of their 
loyalty or a lot of their, you know, input on their part. You know, they, yep. they come more for you know, the extra extra spiritual perks right. without the commitment. Yeah, and, and to which I was going to say, there's, there's pros and cons to that. The pro is that um, if that's the case, no, no matter what the ministry is, whether it's us or somebody else, the, the pro is that yes, um, you, you can potentially reach more people that are already a part of something else more permanent. But I think the, tr the dwelling place ministry of Clarion really made that transition from being a ministry to a church, even though okay. they didn't actually change the name officially okay. on their thing. But, but back when you know Kim committed this to being a church rather than just an outreach ministry, it, it changed. I mean, it was no longer just a... <clears throat> and some of the people that were coming just, you know, when it was just an outreach ministry, didn't make that commitment to come over. They stayed with their they, home they stayed church. with their home church. That they were yep. in and felt safe and comfy and where their parents had gone or whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. And they liked the outreach ministry, but they weren't going to commit themselves to be a supporting part of it. So that lost people right then. And then I guess, you know, we thought well, the, the hope of the dream was moving to this bigger building, we would have more rooms to be able to do more Sunday school, attract younger families, and so on. And, and that really didn't happen the way, you know, that we had kind of hoped, right? Yeah. Yeah, because they just started leaving. So, you know, people thought that they were really hearing from God that that building wouldn't have met our needs. Well, it didn't have multiple rooms for Sunday school. I mean, it had as big of a sanctuary. And, you know, I, I look fondly at the old building and the old services we had. But, you know, mm -hmm. like Kim was thinking, if we're going to grow, we need a bigger facility where we can, can do the, the multiple classes with the kids and so forth. <clears throat> But then, of course, then it costs more money to have a bigger building. Mm -hmm. The old building, building was paid for. Right. So, who's to, you know, who's to know, you know, we make decisions. You know, yeah. we, we think we're hearing God's guidance. We, you know, we're not trying to do something wrong. Or... <clears throat> But I think this, this it, it made a transition from an outreach ministry to a church, and it's been a church for you know several years, even though we, they never changed the name. <clears throat> we wanted to be, you know, step up to be the main place where these people are fed, where they're where they're going to grow, where they're going to plant themselves, and and be committed people rather than just go for the to be ministered to once in a while, or to, <clears throat> I don't know, it's mostly for people who are spirit-filled, but were in churches that were mainly not spirit-filled, and were just their home church where they went. Mm -hmm. but, um, and it kind of started out, I think, didn't it with, you know, D. Baker was, knew Pastor Greg and was able to get him to come and preach on Saturday nights 
up here, and so he preached part of the time, and Kim preached part of the time. Was that? I think he preached about every other Saturday night. Yeah. Uh -huh. Twice a month. Uh -huh. He used to call me in Hampton on his drive home. Oh, okay, yeah. Because yeah. I remember those meetings. And uh -huh. Now, at that time, was it officially a church yet, or was no. it still? No. Okay. No, it was just Saturday night only, right? Some people left because they didn't like the falling down. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And some people left because they didn't like the idea of a woman pastor either. Right. There was, you know. You, you can, people, if people want to leave, they're going to find a reason. Yeah, sure. Yeah, because certainly we're not going to bring them back by just having everybody coming in the door on their backs no. and then Getting raise up. them yeah. up <laughs> later on in the service. <laughs> oh, we want to go to that church. <laughs> yeah. Can I move in here for a second? Please, yes. please. As a person who was an outsider, this is the only church around here that has what we have. Yeah. I've been around to different churches. And this is the one where people would fall down, mm -hmm. you know, people would get healed. Things where God is moving. One thing we do have is we have that. We have God. We have the Holy Spirit moving in this church. So. <clears throat> That's a good thing. What we need to be praying for is hungry people. Look at Linda and Pat and John. Yeah. They were hungry for the Lord, and they were not being fed where they were. Mm -hmm. So, you know, why not ask God for the hungry folks? Mm -hmm. I don't think we're going in the wrong direction. I think we're going in the right direction. It's just not a popular mm -hmm. one, you know? And Jesus never was popular. You know, if we're gonna if we're gonna follow God, we're not always going to be the popular folks. Right. But we're gonna be the right ones. Yeah. Especially wasn't popular with the religious system of the day. Right, right. So I don't think we're heading in the wrong direction. I think we're headed in the right direction. We just need to get some hungry folks in the door. We need to find some needy people. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, I don't know where you find them. Should be plenty of them everywhere. There's plenty of them everywhere I know, but I don't know how you get them. Well, and that's really the, the double-edged sword, that both the hungry and the needy. Uh, on the one side, when you get the hungry, um, you know, that, that attracts the people that are really going to grow. But then, if you're really doing it well, you'll get the needy, too. Yeah, the church people wouldn't even know we're weird because they wouldn't have any comparison. Correct, with. there'd be no comparison, <laughs> which is, a, you know, possibly quite a good thing. Um, it, it also should open the door to hardship because then it's like, if, if, you're, if, if you're not getting blood on you, you're not really in battle. Yeah. If, if you're not uh, getting dirty, then 
you know, the, the, to, to have to work with people that have real needs. You know, the, I always think about the, it's kind of a joke, but it's not. I really don't want to make it a joke, but, you know, the parable of the kingdom of God is, is like a big tree and all of the birds of the air come and, and, and rest in its branches um, I imagine some of them are weird birds, you know. <laughs> they, there are some that are beautiful. There are some that are are just magnificent, and then there are others that are probably just sitting there and making a mess. And um, sitting there making it, you know. And and uh, yeah, you know. But but the fact is, the kingdom. They're of all God, pooping. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what I was they, they're all. It's just <laughs> a of some some are are. Uh, they're they're uh, expelling finer foods, <laughs> and then some of the other birds get offended and fly away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, some the wrong noise causes yeah. them to take off and go yeah. fly somewhere else. Um, you know, but yeah, there there kind of should be both sides of that. But um, Jesus appealed to the basic human needs, you know that everyone has, the empty space that can only be filled with God. Mm -hmm. And there's people out there that are that way, I think. We just somehow have to find them. <clears throat> we don't have to change ourselves to be, like, you know, to attract the people that aren't even going to want to be in a church like this. Right, because you know, if we change to can't cater make to every... someone else happy, that, that no. Right. The the bar would continuously be moved, and then we would mm -hmm. we would find ourselves truly being a country club. Yeah, and and the old adage, "What you win people with is often what you win them to," mm -hmm. is very applicable there. Yeah. If you're only winning them with things that make them comfortable and, and mm -hmm. all this other stuff, then if and when you ever change that, then mm -hmm. oh, there's my reason to go. Yeah. Or you just never get any deeper than, than where you want to go. And that's also one of the struggles with the bigger the church you get, then the more broad needs you have. And um, all you do is just tap it again. So pull the... Uh, here, I'll get back. Oh, no, you're, Here, you're it's, right. it's right there. It's yep. right there. So just tap that again and now it's off. Release it should be off. No, it's on. What? Tap. tap oh, they're figuring out a phone thing. No. Cell phone. <laughs> Is cell phone yes. lesson going? Yeah. <laughs> oh, here. Smart people. Disconnect. Yep, there you go. Okay. There you go. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. That's okay. Maybe uh, one of the things we could think about is to uh, let people know who we are, whether that be good or bad, I don't know, but anyway, <laughs> to uh, do something <clears throat> that's outside of the of our four walls, physical walls of the church. Which is? <laughs> yeah. And we were starting to to talk about it. to do that, talk about it, plan for it, and then COVID hit. Yeah, we were in Webster City. Right. Yeah, yeah but that's. We were doing. Uh, yeah. But at the same time, when we were here, we were getting people who were mm -hmm. um, 
who would not be committed on a Sunday morning. Yeah. You know, they would have gone back to their own churches. Yeah. And you go to another town and that doesn't help you in your own town, I think. Right. Right. I agree. I was kind of against that, so. If we were going to do something in Webster City, we would have to be in Webster City. You know, mm -hmm. Sunday mornings. Yeah. I know who put that before. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I agree. And, and that's where... You know, I'm 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 very thankful for everybody that does come here from Webster or other places. Um, and not that I have to do anything about it, but it just it feels challenging that we have less people from Clarion than we have from outside of Clarion. Right. And I don't want to change that dynamic because mm -hmm. it will change who we are, and I don't want to do that. Um, Plus your building is here, but, which is yeah, the, the building kind is of here. Ties, you're, you're kind of grounded to the building <clears throat> right. for now. Yeah. I mean, the building is a blessing, really. It's you know, you need a building to meet in some sort yeah. of a meeting place. Unless somebody would come along and buy it. We'd still need a meeting place. I mean, sure. Whether it's this building or what. And and that you know, I mean. Mm -hmm. it, to, to Roger's point about anybody buying the building, you know, I don't, I don't think that that's outside of. I mean, I, I'm not encouraging people to pray that way, but I don't think that's outside of the bounds of of being open for God to lead us, whatever He leads us to pray. You know, maybe, maybe that would be an avenue of, of. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I I just know that. I, I feel led that I, I think that we've we've talked about praying about things before, um, but I think if if we gave if we gave some kind of expectancy to the Lord of like we're going to commit to pray about some specific things, and we're going to pray for four weeks or five weeks or whatever, and just really expect Him to answer in that time, um, that that we can individually take what we're hearing and bring it back to the table mm -hmm. and then really begin to pray into those things in a unified way and um, and just really kind of have more of a sense of, of how he's speaking to us through prayer. Um, so, so again, like I, I, I wasn't expecting there to be answers necessarily to solutions tonight as much as just just to to hear what everybody's thinking and um, you know ultimately you know somebody my, myself take you know takes and leads this kind of thing but um, but it's it's better to lead knowing everybody's hearts than it is to just say you know well this is what I think, and uh, I think you all just need to be on board with me, because I mean, then that kind of unduly puts a burden on me that maybe shouldn't be there, or puts an undue burden on other people that aren't catching the same vision. 
that um, you know is also out of place. So, well, what I will do is uh, from these notes, um, I will email them to everybody and just read them, pray about them, and then you know we can start next week, just even if it's just one question or one observation or whatever, to just kind of provide some feedback. And then we'll build off of the feedback and what we feel like God has been speaking to us and um, talk about it and pray into it more. And to just have a vision. Um, in the meantime, whatever we're doing, we'll do it better. <coughs> <clears throat> the, the good places just make it better and do it more heartfelt and uh, you know because I believe the Lord says commit your way into him and he will direct your steps so if you don't know what to do do something <laughs> just do something and then leave it to him from there so any other final thoughts or questions comments what do you think about uh, taking our music outside this wall and set up in the park or set up? Do we have parades in this town? Fourth uh, of July had one. I was down on the front porch of the yellow house at one time. You know, or get on the porch, <laughs> right. get into the parade or something like that. We could turn the something the music in the park, you know, into evangelistic type of uh, atmosphere. You think we're good enough? <laughs> I don't think we have to be good enough. I mean, I personally think we are, but... What's that festival in the park thing they have once a year? When is that on? It's, no, it's uh, usually the second weekend in June. Oh, okay. It's what? Festival in festival the park. Festival in the park. Yeah, I didn't know if the gazebo park or this one over mm -hmm. by the swimming pool. Mm -hmm. Oh, Gazebo Park is traditionally the one because that, that has a stage. Oh. If we have this, <coughs> maybe we'll all have our vaccines by then. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Huh. By summer, things will open. Well, a lot of the churches are having outside for services now, aren't they? Well, we're they here in town there. Where they having them? They have them. They, they were at it in the park until... Until it got cold. Yeah. yeah. Do they wear masks then when they go to the park? I don't know. I think so. Some of them. <laughs> Is it that one Church of Christ uh, would meet out there and, and some other church would meet with them. I forget what one was, but I'd drive by there and they were starting to meet Sunday morning when I was driving to church. That was late. I know right now, I think the Methodist Church is still having Sunday services, but Pastor Mike, uh, he put on Facebook today or yesterday that because of whatever more upswing in COVID cases that they were not doing Sunday school until next month. When the Church of Christ is I don't know. They didn't scoop their... Stairway and they got a rope across it. I didn't even have, think to ask them when I saw some 
people at their meeting they're not. Maybe not. Yeah, for a while they were only doing like drive through prayer and yeah. drive through communion. All right. Well, it's 7.30, and I want to honor your time, and I, I think the roads are probably still okay out there. Um, I'm going to double check for you guys. You in-towners, it's not as big of a deal, but... The roads are mostly dry, and there's yeah. no liquid on, you know. Everything of. around the state except for the far southwest corner looks regular conditions. No, good. Okay. All right. Well, is anybody willing to close us out in committing some of these things to the Lord in prayer? Everybody speak at once. <laughs> you did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dear Lord, we thank you for this time. We uh, thank you. You have the wisdom for these uh, times as these, and uh, help us to have wisdom to know what to, to do your will in the proper way of doing it, the proper manner, and help us to be ever ready and willing to uh, serve you. For we do pray this for your sake. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Larry. It was good to well, talk to you, Cynthia. Yeah, it was good to hear you. It was nice to hear from you.